Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, you guys, welcome to the Tip of a Hoop midweek edition. You know, we go live on Spotify Live at least once a week and uh, just kind of tap in with you guys, give you a live show. We are taking uh, questions and comments, so go ahead and tap if you want to tap in with us as we go through the discussion. Let's obviously start with tonight, Kings, the Warriors demolishing Dallas in game one of the Western Conference Finals, 112-87. to uh, just a balance attack for the Warriors. Wiggins, 19 and 5. Mm-hmm. Steph, 21, 12 and 4. Poole, mm-hmm. 19. I think a total of six guys, seven guys in double figures. What I'm looking at is the nasty balance attack. Dallas on the other end, probably Luka's worst playoff game of a playoff so far. 20 points on six of 18 to go with seven mm-hmm. turnovers just to four assists. Nasty, nasty game for Dallas. You know what's crazy? Dallas is either feast or famine. This is the third time in the playoffs they've been blown out by more than 25. Yeah, you know, it's not something that they haven't seen before, definitely. Right. So I'm just, you know, just on your side, what did you see out there? Uh, any, does Dallas need to worry? I heard you talk about, you know, not being worried until game three. Is there anything you saw that made you think, you know, Dallas is in any trouble or, you know, be worried about this quick series, just anything on your end that you saw. Yeah, um, Draymond is very comfortable. Uh, he's comfortable helping off, off their bigs because he knows that their bigs not going to be able to punish him. And he can live with, you know, their bigs taking three. So Draymond's going to be comfortable on the help side. And because Draymond's comfortable on the help side, that allows them to utilize a scheme where Wiggins can now play, pick up uh, Luka, you know, 94 feet and play press defense on him. So it's going to be key to find somebody who's going to uh, be able to try and t- make Draymond work and free up Luca a little bit because Draymond right now, he's not, not only is he wreaking havoc on Luca, but he's also wreaking havoc on, you know, Jalen help side too. And I'm being on him. And he's just, you know, if, if you can't, if you, if you can't, if you can't neutralize Draymond green, he's going to make your life hell on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. You got to find a way to make him less than, you know, Below below average offensively, for me that, that's my thing. I'm not worried about the the Mavericks offense. I feel yeah. like it's a couple things. They got decent shots. I don't love the the amount of threes. I think you know balance is key in the playoffs. I think we talked about that a few times before. Issue for me is the defense. I have to spec in their offense and keep letting the war. They keep having to take the ball out, giving up points. They kick it out in transition and let Luca attack. Uh, Compromised floor to get easy buckets. He's facing a set defense because they just they can't get any shots. And the Warriors shot fifty-six percent. Whole part is the, the Warriors are only ten of thirty from three, ten of sixteen from the line, but they just it was a layup drill essentially. So you know that that's got to show up some things defensively. And I'm gonna let you take a victory lap on Wiggins. 
Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I yes, gotta sir. Give it yes, to sir. I, I did not expect this in a playoff run. He's picking up local full court, being efficient, scoring the ball. You know, you can argue he was the you know the key the key factor to the game of victory. So, you know, to take your victory lap on Wiggs, man. Yeah, I mean, he's re- kind of reinvented himself uh, this playoffs. He's really uh, he's he's re- he's really been played physical and with and with passion. I think that's been the key thing for him. Uh, he's playing with emotion. You saw it against the uh, Grizzlies when he was talking to him. You saw it with that dunk too. I think he's you know I think he's found his confidence right now, and it's showing on both ends of the floor. He feels confident in his abilities, what he can do on the offense and defensive side of the ball. So it gives Golden State another weapon uh, to utilize now. So, and, you know, when if you can have Clay playing the way he did and Wiggins come out and do this and still win, that goes good for you. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a lot. When everybody's clicking, it's, I wouldn't even say Steph was clicking. It just really utilizes gravity really well to uh, get guys looks. But Clay, 7 for 13, Poole, 8 for 12, Wiggins, 8 for 17. And on top of that, you got Draymond four for six, giving you double digits, and Looney five for five. It's just Dallas has got to find a way to take something, you know what I mean? Take something away. But everything's efficient, you know what I mean? Um, my suggestion, I want to see what you think about this, is maybe, you know, play Steph a little more straight up. Right. Because it's a lot of attention, and it's giving guys a lot of clean looks. I know you risk Steph going nuclear. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you know, how do you feel about, you know, that? There's only one game, but how do you feel about possibly, you know, going with that adjustment? You know, I was, I was actually going to say if if this was younger Steph on this team, man, this team would be a nightmare because they really know how to play off his gravity. And younger Steph was able to to kill the, some of these, uh you know, these uh these looks, even even though they were like all up on him, like he was still able to fire it off and be able to score and create off of two guys like Steph used to be able to do that for a little bit from 16 to uh, 18 okay. or 15 to 18. But uh, they're really doing a really good job, JP and Wiggins, of really just capitalizing off the fact that they're getting easy looks. Uh, that was what uh, Barnes couldn't do. That was what a lot of the um, Warriors players couldn't do before they got KD was be able to really take advantage of, you know, scrambling defense or a rotating defense or defenses that were like, you know, trying to blitz Steph and uh, Wiggins and JP, obviously, are very talented offensive players. Like if you give them an easy look, they're gonna capitalize on it. So right, right. they have a good team to be able to play off of that. And uh, yeah, I mean, at some point, and I, I, and you know, Miami and Brook Boston will definitely be the teams to do it in some capacity. At some point, you're just gonna have to say, hey, how much, how much you have left? Uh, yeah. You know, this, you know what I mean? Like how much of it do you have left? Because, you know, just living with guys getting easy looks all day who are competent players like Jordan Poole and Wiggins is just – that's not going to work, man. Yeah, this is not Kent Bazemore, my boy. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's like it's like a bud when he kept leaving Grant Williams open. I'm like, bro, he shoots 40% from three. Like, yeah. it's, it's not going to work, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, I think we're on the same page. I think, But I think if they, if they lose big in game two, I think that'll be the adjustment. I think Kent will hang with it for another game. But – I think that's definitely the most adjustment. Also, just something I want to talk about, the Warriors defensively, man, like somebody was counting. It was like six or seven different defenses they threw at Luka in the first half alone. Uh, Zone, had Wiggins pick him up full court. They did a little bit of boxing one. Um, They trapped him on pick and rolls. They let him play one-on-one. He just got a lot of exotic looks. I think we both talked about 
know, the best way to to try to confuse or make it tough for a star is not get them the same looks. And I right. think that that is their biggest W in game when they gave Luca so many exotic looks. And I think that definitely you know, led to him struggling. He's not going to go six for 18 and turn the ball over seven times, seven times every night. But I think the Warriors had a lot to do with how, you know, how rough it was for him out there. Like, they were just very exotic in their looks. It was almost like a Bill Belichick, <laughs> but, a, but Steve <laughs> Kerr was Bill Belichick with basketball. <laughs> Yeah, um, and and I and I and I, and I think they t- kind of took from guys who were successful with it, um, right? Like Vogel, Vogel was good at that with Luca. Actually, if people didn't notice, but every time the the, the Lakers, most of the times the Lakers played the Mavs, they usually guard Luca really well. And part of the reason was they would they would do that where they uh put a defender who could guard him 94 feet, make him exert his energy dribbling, and then have great house side rotation, and then not 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 uh throw the same looks. Have uh, different guys trap him, have different guys blitz him to kind of just throw him off and, and make him frustrated. And, you know, that gave us the infamous meme when he was ripping his shirt off. But that's what happens when, you know, you're getting picked up 94 feet. The team is throwing you multiple looks and you can't crack them. You know what I mean? It gets frustrated. So uh, I think Mike Brown kind of took a page from Vogel. I think Vogel, of all the guys I've seen coach against, I think Vogel for me has done the best job of containing him. So you miss Vogel? I don't miss Vogel. I just gotta get credit <laughs> to where it is, you know. You know I got a bet. I got a bet. I just had. I just had <laughs> they want to chip with him for a reason. He has some good schemes on him. So, what do you think happens in Game Two? I think it's just the Warriors just can continue to try and defend home court. You know, they're gonna see what Jake, Jason Kidd comes out and do. See if he's gonna guard Curry the same, or see if he's gonna throw anything else that's different. And then you know, guys who are help, you know, who are gonna get their favorable looks. They can either keep, you know, attacking. Have they been attacking? It's just going to come down to hitting uh, shots. The Warriors turnover problem, man, it, it just looks like it's never going to go away. But, you know, I think <laughs> mentally Clay's just going to have to stop pressing, like, to the point where he, he's just detrimental. Like, he's just going to have to find a way to find a really good balance. Um, I think that's I think that's something that I would hope that they would try to work on going into Game 2. So Game 2 will be on Friday at Oracle or scars at Oracle, sorry, 40 and slip at chase in San Francisco. We'll see what happens there. Um, before we go on, we got a question. Akshay Petty ready. Where does pool rank in terms of biggest bag in the league? Other than DG and Cleveland, uncle Drew, he may be the best in the association. That is spicy. Kings. What do you think? His bag is deep, man. Yeah. He, he <laughs> might, he might really be top five. Yeah. I say I made a joke. I was like, man, his bag is not carry-on, baby. It has to be checked. Way too heavy. You can't bring that on the flight, man. But, yeah, he's – um, as far as – the thing about pool is, even though it's a lot of flash, a lot of it – most of it's necessary. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's not wasted. You know what I mean? If he gets cut off, he has counters. But nothing seems unnecessary. I think that's the most impressive part of it. It's really spontaneous and it's reactionary to the defense. So I think, you know – that's probably why I, I like pool a lot. There's, there's nothing extra, like from what I see at least. But yeah, like King said, definitely top five in the league as far as handles and, and shot creation. You know, off off being you know that quote unquote bag or whatever. Shout out, ball don't stop, man. Yeah, man. He he he's definitely. And the thing is, they need him to be that type of player too. So right. that, that's another thing. It's like he's on a team that needs the type of skill set he had. That's one of the things when. We were, we were complaining about last year at Golden State. They didn't have somebody like that. 
but Jordan Poole stepped up and filled that void. Yeah, I remember, but like I think it took us to about February. I think one of the things we were worried about having another on-ball creator for the Warriors. I think by February we were like, never mind, they got one. <laughs> yeah, Poole. So Poole, I'm, they said today it was leaking that he's going to sign a four-year, 100M extension. That seems like a bargain to me. I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that? What was the numbers again? It was four years, 100 million, 25 MB, or same contract as Bridges. Yeah, that, I mean, isn't isn't pull a is pull a second round pick or he or he's in the late first? Late first. Okay, late first. Um, it's kind of it's kind of the value though because he he projects hella high, but but given how he came out as a player, uh, uh given his um, and given what he's done so far, because he still had those first two shaky years, it's it's, it's good. You know what I mean? Because you're kind of you're paying for the potential on what he's done this year, but you also not forgetting mm-hmm. that you know. Uh, I think with a lot of with the max contracts too, because like for example, why Aiden's gonna get one, you know, even though you could probably say Pool is might have more value or per se, depending on how you view it. But Aiden's the number one pick. He has the physical measurables. He has the ceiling, et cetera. You know, you're not you're not sure with a pool ceiling necessarily uh, on certain aspects. That's why you know he was kind of ranked low uh, physically, and you know he, 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 you're not sure about that yet. So I think that's a good contract. Baseline now, I mean, it could be a great contract because he could be that all star, mm-hmm. perennial all star mm-hmm. type talent. But you know, you never know. He could be like a nice 21 point per mm-hmm. game player with some nice, uh, yeah. uh, flashy, flashy, you know, highlights, and you know, that that be it. You know? I think I, I think he's a star, but ultimately, the, you know, we won't see that until Steph is out of there and he becomes, you know, the guy. You know what I mean? But next to Steph and Clay, it seems like a, it feels like a seamless fit. So um, we'll see what happens there. Hold on, we got a call. Before we go to the other series in the East, Reed, you've been waiting a while. Reed, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Kings? What's going on, Jason? Thank you for letting me up on here. Oh, it's all good. What's going on, my boy? Nothing much. Just wanted to, you know, rehash the game with you guys. Um, for me, the main thing that I saw um, on Twitter going into this game and then obviously saw in the game is people were saying, you know, if Luca is torching Mikel Bridges and Jay Crowder and, you know, Cameron Johnson and those wing defenders that they have in Phoenix, what is, what are Wiggins, Draymond, and, you know, Clay going to do to Luca? Well, I think we saw it today. You know, they pressured him on ball. Draymond is, you know, one of the best defenders of our generation and, you know, hasn't really lost much of a step. And I think people, you know, they were box score uh, checking Andrew Wiggins in terms of the defensive player he is. Whereas I know Kings right. has definitely been on that uh, Wiggins all defense train, and it just kind of shows, um, you know, that people can change in the right situation with Wiggins. You know, where you say, you know, hey, yeah, we can slander him, and you know, say maybe he didn't deserve All Star starter, but at the end of the day, the dude scored ten points in the first quarter and played phenomenal defense. And for me, the thing that kind of really changed the game was I think in the in the third quarter at one point. The Warriors had scored nine straight points off of Dallas turnovers. Like Dallas was just being sloppy with the ball. Yeah, that, I agree. Like the defense changed everything. Um, and to go like I just go off the you know what I said earlier, the Mavs got to play better defense. I think what the Warriors are showing you is it's going to be a beast having to scroll them in a half court this series. So you got to get stops or turn them over like the Memphis Grizzlies did. And you got to get Luca attacking against a compromised defense that's being back in transition. If you have to attack the Warriors set defense consistently off made shots, it's going to be a hell this series. So they, they really got to play better defense. Like 
you can't allow like the Warriors are okay offensively for the season, but you can't allow that team to shoot fifty six percent in a playoff game. Like that's that's just more yeah, exactly. And you know Dallas does have the defenders in DFS and Bullock and you know even Dwight Powell and Kleber who are you know underrated defenders in their own right. They do have the defenders and it's like what you said earlier before I came up here is you can't you can't let Clay and Jordan Poole have open looks. I understand you know Steph Curry is Steph Curry. He at, has earned that respect in order to double him, but they can't overreact and they've just kind of. It's going to be interesting to see the defensive adjustments that Jason Kidd makes going into game two. Um, but like I said, they do have the defenders. And, you know, Jordan Poole and Clay. I mean, the, Clay is one of the greatest shooters of all time. And Jordan Poole has shown that, you know, A, he can hit the shots, and B, he's not scared to take them. Um, but one interesting thing that I, I, uh, I think going into game two is in game ones where a, a team is coming off of – a game, a game seven where another team has had, you know, they've finished in either five or six games playing at home. That home team that has had that rest has won 62% of game ones. And, you know, we kind of, we kind of saw it a bit in last night with Boston, you know, granted Marcus Smart and Al Horford were out. So maybe that may have been a different game, but I think Dallas also showed just how, you know, tiring that Phoenix series was in terms of like the sloppy turnovers and everything and miscommunication. Yeah. I, I would, I would, you know, tend to agree with that. Um, yeah. But I think I said this, I said it earlier, Dallas has been blown out three hours and third, 25 plus point loss in the playoffs. Like what is bad is bad for them. They have shown to be a resilient bunch. So we'll see what happens game two. Kings, go ahead. I saw you on me. My fault. Kings, go ahead. Let me cut you off. Court. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, with Dallas is, when you get blown out, if you get blown out in the, in the game one, like it, it doesn't show much, really. You know, at the end of the day, home home court team took care, took advantage of uh, home court. You go back, you watch the tape, especially when you're in the round of four. When you're in the round of four, most of these teams at this point are capable teams, right? You know, this isn't like the first round where it's a one eight, one team blows out the AC, and it's like, oh well, the AC can adjust and win in uh, you know, game two. You're in a round of four. Both of these teams are talented teams. They're able to win on a night tonight. If they, if the Dallas can come out game two, if everybody's hitting their shots, they're, if they're adjusting, if they're if they're uh, helping off the right guys, and you know, and they're taking their chances with Curry's in the right situations, ne- you know, next thing you know, they can they can be they can win by five, win by six, and it'd be one one. So it's like if you're Dallas, you're not going to overreact to this. You don't even overreact to a game two loss because as we all know home teams got to defend home court. And, that, and that's how it goes. So, like, for me, it doesn't start till game three because even if Golden State's up 2-0, if Dallas wins game one because they're at home, role players are feeling good, okay, now we at game four, 2-1, and the role players feeling good, and they're at home, and they get the chance to tie it. You know what I mean? And then it restarts all over again for game five. So it's like until that first road team wins, you're not really going to have a series yet. No, I definitely agree, especially considering, I mean, even just look at last series, Dallas Dallas themselves were down 2 nothing going into game three, and people were already starting to say, oh, it's, you know, Luka's good enough, this Phoenix team's going to win in either four or five, and now Phoenix is home, and D- Dallas is in the conference finals. Yeah, I was just about to say that, so same thing last, obviously the Warriors are a different beast, championship medal, all that, but, you know, the concept is still the same, like King said, it's a harder path to it. But until a road team wins, you know, that's 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 kind of how it goes, or at least early in the series at least. But 
Reed, we appreciate you, my bro. Always welcome. Thank you so much for tapping in. Thank you guys for having me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to yesterday's game. This is something I really want to talk about. So kind of a weird game. So you would think it would kind of be reversed, but Boston comes out, um, hits Miami right in the mouth early. Miami responds, ends up winning, going away. I'm not shocked at the result. I'm I'm always shocked that there's a block, but I'm I'm shocked at how it panned out because usually the team that's tired, and playing this year usually comes out kind of lax, but Boston came out ready to play. Um, what just what was your general reaction to this game before we get deep into it? I just, I just went with what uh, Teflon Reek told me. He said when Boston went up, they was going to lose the lead, and he said they were going to lose the game, but don't trip. And it worked. It went exactly <laughs> as he said. At the end, of, uh, you know, I was kind of shocked that Boston kind of took the lead, but at the same time, Boston's a very aggressive team. And right. that's been the M.O., like Rick said. They they go out in big leads, and then they forget how to play, and they start playing lax. So they went out to big leads, start playing lax, gave up the lead uh, to Miami, and Miami dominated and controlled the game from there. Uh, Jimmy, I mean, we'll probably get to him, but he's been sensational all playoffs. Man. They took care They took care of home court game one. So we'll see what they do game two. Boston's more than capable, especially if they get their guys back of winning, and, uh, or even tying the series, even if they go down too well. They're more than capable of tying the series. Right. Here was my thing about this series going. We discussed this on our preview here. I, I think Milwaukee's a better team than Miami. However, what I did say was Miami's a little more versatile and willing to change defensively. So they're not going to let Boston get the same looks all game or all series. And I think that is something Boston's going to have to adjust to. And I think they will. You know, I, I picked them in, in, uh, in six here. I'm going to stick with that. But They'll have to adjust to not getting the same looks every game. Miami's not going to sit in the same exact defense the entire series and like and play it as a math problem. So I think that'll be the adjustment for the Celtics going forward. Also, I got to ask you, dude, if Horford and Marcus Smart have to miss more games, does that tilt the series a lot to you? Yeah, if they, I think if Horford and Smart start missing home games, then you start to get worried. Like if they miss game three, now you start to get worried. If they miss game two, it's kind of like you lost the first two anyway, and then you get the feeling of your guys are coming back, so you get the confidence for three and four. But if they miss game three, yeah, you start to worry if you're if you're Boston. Yeah, that that was the same thing for me. It's not only that smart is a the main thing. Smart is big because he's a potential Jimmy defender, and Jimmy's just going nuts uh, this playoff run. I think the numbers are like not this is not hyperbole. They are literally. Michael Jordan-esque in the playoffs. You know, like, the people think, oh, no, no, it's like, it's literally Michael Jordan in the playoffs. He's averaging 37, five, two and a half steals on 54% shooting on the playoffs. And 35% from three, 83% from the line. It's, it's a little bit ridiculous what he's doing. This is 11 playoff games in, so it's not just a streak. It, he's been a, Kings, have there been three players playing better than him all playoffs? 
in your opinion. Than Jimmy? Oh, man, yeah. I don't even know if there's one that's been better than yes, That's what I'm saying. That's like, and he's been in the conversation for the best player in the playoffs. That's how insane he's been. I think there was a little something to what uh, Reek said about having friendly matchups the first couple rounds. I think that was true, but that is the reason why you go for number one seed, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to average 41 against the Boston defense. That would be some all-time stuff. <laughs> but you feel like this is sustainable. Like, he shot 18 free throws in game. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but he's 12 for 19. He's just – what is so hard about him at RD? Like, it's kind of crazy. I think, for me, it's the strength. He's just a yeah. very strong guy. <laughs> I, was literally, I was literally just about to say that. He's he's strength. He's strong. He he has a very good pump fake. He knows how to mimic his shot on his pump fake because he's not the best. He's not like obviously, a, especially on three, a best shooter. But he's very good from two from the mid range, and he knows how to get guys to pump because he's done that Kobe thing where his pump fake looks like his jump shot. So guys are really pump falling for that pump fake, especially because they know when Jimmy scores with his efficiency, it's mostly off twos in mid-range, and he can hit those, especially when he gets to his spots. And he knows how he gets to his spots, and he's strong enough to get to his spot. And he's a skilled player. He plays under control. He dribbles under control. And he has good footwork, very good footwork. It's, he's just a, he's a very, very skilled player fundamentally, and he's very strong, and he has high IQ. And he plays with – and he has an endless motor. It's why Embiid misses playing with him. Because he's gonna be, he's gonna attack at all times. He's gonna play with smart. He's gonna play. He's gonna play with uh, poise, and he's gonna always find a way to be impactful, even if he's not scoring. That's the thing with Jimmy. So uh, he's just he's a hard cover man. And when he's when he's got it going, when he's getting guys jumping for his pump fakes, when he's uh, hitting his mid range, when he's getting to the rim, it's tough. Yeah, I think a thing when when his jumper is is on, it just becomes just. Uh... <laughs> Like swimming upstream, trying to stop that guy because you got to react to the pump fakes a little more. Now you foul him, get to the line, you got to play him up. He gets you on his hip, it's over because he's so strong. And on top of that, he's a top tier defender. Like, man, he, I mean, he had 41, 9, and 5. On top of that, <laughs> seven stops, like four steals and three blocks. You know what I mean? It's just a ridiculous all around game, probably one of the better ones um, you'll ever see. Even your boy Tyler Harrell showed up, man. 18 man. and 8, bro. He, he making a fool. He making the fool out of me. I keep, I keep, I keep down the heat. I keep saying I don't believe it, but they keep finding a way. So, hey, shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Jimmy too. I think Jimmy and PG are in the in that weird category where they both can be ones and you can be successful with them. But man, if they were your second option, man, your team is your team is cooking. Yeah, I was just like before. I was just about to say that Jimmy's always been weird to evaluate for me. Because it's like, I think he's the best second-tier player in the NBA. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's not quite that upper, that, that top-tier superstar franchise. You know, guy. I think he's the, like the best second-tier player in the league, if that makes sense. No, it does. Like, I literally, it's, it's, I literally got him and PG at that. Yeah, like, yeah, right. So that, I was, he's, he's always been hard to evaluate for me, but like, if he has a playoff run like this, they end up in the finals. Like I'm just, I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be spicy <laughs> going with my top ten. <laughs> Somebody's leaving my top ten if Jimmy takes his team. I had him in my top ten. Remember when he went on that run when uh when he lost to uh 
the Lakers in the finals, I put him in my top ten after that run for that yeah, brief period because he earned it. Yeah, right. So what do you think Boston has to do to win game two? For me, Boston, when they get up on the lead, they're going to have to – well, for one, they're going to have to stop falling for Jimmy Pumpfakes, number one. <laughs> they got to stop that on that guy, yes. Let's play more discipline um, and and really just just stop playing lax when you get the lead. Like, they they play well enough to get the lead. They play well enough to dominate early, and then they get lax, and then they get into a, a dogfight, or they end up getting, you know, teams end up pulling away from them. Like, they just have to get the lead. When they get the lead, play with play with the same uh, urgency. You know what I mean? Uh, stop falling in love with the, with the three-point shot all the time. I know they hit a lot of it, but then you stop trying to hunt it too much. You know, keep trying try to put pressure on Hero. Try to put pressure on Struzo, you know. Those shooters who are maybe so-so defensively, try to put pressure on them and attack them, attack the weak spots. And, again, defensively, don't fall for pump fakes. Uh, obviously, we got, you know, play that DHO that you know that they're going to try and spam to get Hero the ball and other shooters the ball. Play that DHO well. And, and really just – they just play the defense that they've been playing all year, honestly, in the playoffs. And if they just don't – you know, fall over themselves when they get the lead, they should be fine. I don't think, I don't think Miami schematically, at least, at least offensively, I don't think like Miami offensively schematically can really bother them. Like if Jimmy's going to be able to crack their defense, get them, get guys in foul troubles, get guys jumping, get guys on discipline. Yeah. Then they're going to be uh, scrambling three point shooters are going to be open and they're going to be liable to, to fall to the actions. But they stay in on Jimmy. They they bottle Jimmy up. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I think that's the thing about having Horford and Smart because that without Horford and Smart, that puts Daniel Tice on the floor for a long time. And his minutes were just ugly. Yes, I think he's a like Bam eats him alive over the course of the series. If they have to play him a lot more, which they do, without Horford, he was minus sixteen uh, yesterday. And that's just defensively, they're not the same with him on the floor. Also, without Marcus Smart, you know, paint pitchers up at thirty minutes. Aaron, that's Aaron Neesmith is up at, you know, has to crack your rotation now. And now you're at a disadvantage. You know, even Derek Wright played. He didn't play well. So I think, like, without Smart, you go deeper into your guard rotation. Guys aren't as ready to play. And without Horford, you know, you got more Daniel Tice minutes. And that's just, bam, bam's going to destroy him. So I think they, they really got to get those guys back Um from from uh, Horford's the one with COVID. what was Smart's injury? Was Smart injured or did he have COVID too? I think I think Smart's I think Smart might have been protocols too. I think it was both of them. Okay. Oh no, no, it wasn't because Smart was on the sideline. Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah, Smart yeah, not. Had, Smart had that uh that Vegas Dre's outfit on on, on the sideline. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, th- <laughs> I think I think I think Smart might have had a had had a little naggy injury. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they got to get those two playing. I think, and I think their defense will look more so like it did against. The Bucks, you know what I mean? All right. Let's get these questions in here before we get out of here. What's happening, fellas? Actually, what's going on, my boy? Doing good, doing good, man. I just had two questions to ask you, all right? Um, the first one is I was talking to someone today, and we were arguing about I thought Jimmy's a lot better than Kyrie. I think Kyrie's kind of been overrated by the masses because he really hasn't done anything in the playoffs since, honestly, like, LeBron and the Obama administration at this point, like, 
he's been living off a series in six years. And then my second question, so out of those two, would you guys say for sure right now Jimmy's better? And then the second question I had is if you two were a GM, right, and you were to offer a max contract, how would you rank these five young players with Ty, uh, Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, Tyler Hero, Jalen Brunson, and Darius Garland? That's 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 a good one. I I probably put I probably put Garland one. Oh yeah, yeah. Garland one. The Maxi and Pull is a discussion to me. That's yeah. The, that's 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 where I'm hung up on right now. Yeah, that's a tough one. But after that is the next two guys you mentioned, Hero, and uh, who was the fifth guy? Brunson. Brunson. Your Hero and Brunson go after that to me. Probably Brunson last and Hero. But I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's Garland. Garland had a special year, man. I, for me, <coughs> I've, I've said this to Kings before. They played all those big guys who couldn't shoot to have a great defense on the floor, which it worked. But the spacing was a nightmare offensively. His shot creation made it work. The fact that he was so efficient playing in that, I, he's very special to me. He's a special player to me. So, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I got Garland on one. This might come as a surprise to some folks, but I think I'll take Maxi too. I like Maxi a little bit over Poole. I like Maxi's explosiveness a lot. Uh, I know Poole is very quick too, but I think Maxi has another type of gear that I don't think Poole has. And uh, I think Maxi a lot. Also, I trust Maxi. Maxi be more physical. I think that's the thing that's uh, Poole's lacking a little bit is that physicality. I think Maxi a little bit more physical than him. Um, I got Poole third, close third, obviously. Um, I'll I'll say Hero fourth. Because obviously he's a he's a better scorer. His three point shooting is highly valued. But I'll say this: Brunson is a very very slept on two way guard. Yeah. In year. I I don't think people should underestimate the type of value Brunson has <clears throat> on both ends of the floor in year three. I, I think people should not underestimate that. But I think that's the proper ranking for right now. As far as question one, this is funny. And, I, and I'm glad this got brought up because, look, I have been on the Kyrie's overrated train since he won that chip. Yo, yo, man, that's what's the name. <laughs> like, like I had, like, yo, yo, man, I have been on that since he won the chip. You remember when I had to tell people to pipe, you know, all the Brown fans to slow down. Kyrie's not better than Steph. I had to tell them that for like months. Like, bro, he just had a better series. He's not better than Steph. And then. I remember I, had, I was getting into on the timeline. This was before, mind you, this was the this was the summer right before Giannis won his MVP. Mind you, I said Giannis was going to win his MVP before that season. I had the argument of Giannis and Kyrie. I I was honestly offended. I was offended because I was like, I looked at Giannis, I looked at his stature, I looked at his impact he had both ways. I'm like, why are we even having this debate? Because one <laughs> of them plays with LeBron, the other one doesn't. Like, why are we even having this debate? And of course, Giannis went and put it to rest. Kyrie, like you say, like people are saying, he's living off that. And not that he's living off because he's one of the most skilled players. He has one of the most beautiful games we've ever seen offensively, right? He's offensively gifted as a scorer, and he has every arsenal in the bag when it comes to scoring. And he's physical, too, for his size. But impact-wise, when it comes to on-court decision-making, he's good, but not always not as good as people would think he would be. Playmaking, he's, like, average. You know what I mean? Defensively, he's like, okay. You know what I mean? So it's, And, like, there's just me- mentally sometimes he just disappears. 
Like I saw it in Cleveland, and like you can't compare him to guys who, as lead dogs, get their teams over the hook. Because there's something to being a lead dog that doesn't just have to do with skill. Yes. It also has to do with mentality. It also has to do with motor. It also has to do with leadership. Yes. When you're the number one guy on your team, like you have a lot of responsibilities that that's just not on the court production. You know what I'm saying? And, and he lacks a lot of that. I mean, the like it should have been accepted when Boston was one game away from the finals without him, and they went to getting beaten in five with him in the semis. Like at that, at that point, the jig should have been up. Intangible matter. But he fools people. I get it because the game is beautiful. The stats is nice when he's on, but. It's, that's what we say. It's more to basketball than aesthetics and points per game. We say this all the time. Kyrie is living proof. There you have it. Pastor Kings has spoken. Um, <laughs> I love Kyrie. I'm a fan. But, you know, maybe this grumpy old man. When you got so much stuff going on and it draws away from the team, I become less of a fan. So, I mean... Talent is there, but give me Jimmy all day. Give me Jimmy all day and mm-hmm. then twice on Sunday. But I would love to have Kyrie as a number two. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I love it. But as far as the, Jimmy's, just, Jimmy's a leader. So that's just kind of difference to me. Good question, dude. Appreciate that. We got one more call before we get out of here. Ah, friend of the pod. Rush, you there? Can you hear me? <laughs> Russ, what's going on, my boy? Okay, look, how you doing, sir? Coach Maples the Great, right? Okay, now look, I called in for only one reason, because I wasn't going to say nothing until we brought up this little Kyrie better than Jimmy Butler conversation or Jimmy Butler better than Kyrie conversation. I'm making sure I'm hearing that correctly, right? Yes, sir. Okay, see, the reason why I just want to touch on that is because I feel like they not even in the same lane to where you can compare them. Because this is the problem I feel people make, is that Kyrie is not like, okay, Kyrie has to be in a system in order for what he does best to work. That's why in Cleveland, when he was next to LeBron, it worked because LeBron was the system and Kyrie just did what he does. The same thing with like Durant, like Durant worked in Golden State because they had a system. And then when the system broke down, Durant does what he does. But neither of them are an actual system or an actual leader, or like Jimmy Butler is the type of player that does the type of shit that he has to do when he has to do it in order to win. Kyrie ain't that type of nigga. Like, this dude was out half of the season because of COVID. Like, he's just not that type of guy. Like, there's no leader in Kyrie. Kyrie is a specialty novelty. So, like, I don't understand where the comparison be coming from. I'd be like, they ain't nothing to compare. Like, Maybe they play the same position, but besides that, I'm confused. That part you said about the the leadership and playing in the system, hey, man, there there is definitely – I don't want to make people mad, but there is definitely something to that. Like like Kings just said, it's a difference, but you're the lead dog and all eyes are on you. And I think what you said, that was – woo. That was spicy. Like that's, it, it, 
if you look at Kyrie, like you can see it. Like that's what's so crazy to me is it's like, all right, when he was next to LeBron, LeBron made sure they won. It's just when I need you to do what you got to do, do it. And that's what he did. Like same thing with Durant and Golden State. Golden State was Golden State. You got four people going after Curry. Of course, you can't double team this dude because what you gonna leave the best shooter in the world open? Oh, and next to that is Clay. Like, <laughs> Kings, go ahead, bro. LeBron James and Cleveland, bro. When them shooters were got going, why? Because he was feeding them, he was setting them up. He was sending Tristan Thompson the roll, man. Whenever he got off the floor, it was ugly. Couldn't, they could barely muster up any offense, couldn't do nothing, even with Kyrie and Love. You know what I mean? Like, it was just bad. And it wasn't just because their system was just tailored for LeBron. Honestly, like you said, Kyrie just is – it's hard for him to be the lead guy because his game – he doesn't tailor his game to getting guys where they need the, – their touches, where they need to get it, and, and, you know, being able to just be able to empower guys to be able to play better. Make them better. Like Kyrie is just not that type of player, and you kind of do see it brought up with Kevin Durant. But I'm starting to think about it because when we go back to OKC, who was the primary playmaker, there's always rest. When you go to Golden State, Curry was the guy, and then when you look at it now, right in Brooklyn, when KD had to set everything up, hasn't even it hasn't been that successful. So, hey, that's a good point. It's a good point. Their skill set might be tailored. To be guys where you put into a system that's already in place, or you put into an alpha that's already there, and they kind of match that guy, as opposed to you build off those guys. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have said it in not in not those words, but I, there was definitely some smoke to 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 that fire. You know, like there's something to that, in my opinion, at least. And of course, give, yeah, I'll give KD credit. He was making deep playoff runs with, with Russell Westbrook on his team. And Russ was good at one point, but he was never just excellent at late at late game playoff basketball. Oh, of no course, case. definitely. Katie, Katie was like definitely it. the closer when they needed him to be. Right. Um, so I, I was just I was just bringing up I was bring up the point to when he talked about system. Right. I'm just saying that in terms of OKC running their schemes and all that, Russ was definitely a guy to do that. So right. I get what he's saying in regards to that aspect. Right, 100%, 100%. Woo, Russ, thanks for bringing the smoke. Real quick before we get out of here, Kings, 30 seconds. Were you happy with the uh, all-rookie teams? Did you see them at all? I, I I felt like I was almost close to what I had, at least for the first team, because I had Wagner in there. So I thought the first team was fine. And then the second team, eh, the second team was second team was okay. I, don't, I, I wasn't I – Yeah, wasn't, I think a lot of – a lot of it was to me, and I got it because I, I know it's hard to ignore scoring output. But a lot of the issue was a lot of people wanted Herb Jones on the first team over Jalen Green. Yeah, because they, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so my my thing my thing was this. Um, to me, just the rookie class in general was one of the best in recent memory. Like that was that rookie class was special. I, I really, think it's just really a lot fun of class. A lot of really good players. My thing is. And I'm a Herb guy, so Herb probably should. I would have given it to Herb. My thing is, I understand because roles matter, and I yep. think the role that they put Jalen in was a lot harder than the role Herb was slotted in. So Jalen gets that production a much harder role. Even though I disagree with him being first, I understood the the, the process behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of why they you know 
I also have Mobley's getting hurt and falling off a little bit, which is why he didn't win it. But that's also kind of the argument people made for uh, Scotty. He had more of a a, a a bigger role than in offensively in terms of creating than Mobley did. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that matters for sure. Anyway, make sure you follow at his Kingsboro on Twitter. Myself, JJ Maple fifty five underscore MST. Again, we appreciate all the love on the pod. Keep tapping in with us. You guys be safe, and we are out of here. Peace out.